Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And surely by now, you have seen it. The instantly iconic image. The first image ever of a black hole. A woman named France Cordova is the director of the U.S. National Science Foundation, and she's an astrophysicist. She said when she saw it for the first time as it was unveiled at the press briefing, it brought tears to her eyes. She said, quote, We have been studying black holes for so long that sometimes it's easy to forget that none of us has seen one. This will leave an imprint on people's memories. So, think about that. Even if you drop dead tomorrow, you got to be one of the first human beings ever to lay eyes on a black hole. Isn't that something? What a what a, an amazing historic moment for you to experience. If you haven't seen this picture yet, it looks just like the Eye of Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Which is interesting because just last night, I was at a casino here in Las Vegas. I was playing a Lord of the Rings slot machine, and I got the Sauron, <laughs> Eye of Sauron bonus or whatever. Uh, okay, let me tell you what this thing looks like if you haven't seen it. It looks like, well, believe it or not, a big black hole. All right, It looks like a hole. But perhaps what's most unexpected uh, is that it has this corona of fiery orange light around it. So it literally looks like a black hole inside a fiery orange ring. And apparently that ring is there because what you're seeing is radiation coming from all of these particles whipping around at incredible speeds, being heated up to billions of degrees just before they are sucked into this drain in space-time, what some cultures describe as a plug hole. That's what it's like, a big swirling plug hole, a big drain that everything is just flying into. And so you're seeing this brightness like the color of the sun from all of that energy as these things are, are superheated just before they go into the black hole. And actually one side of this ring of light is brighter than the other. And they say that's the side that's closest to us. So that's why it looks a little bit brighter. Now, to give you an idea of some of the dimensions we're talking about here, you know, light travels 186,000 miles per second. That's hard to believe, isn't it? The moon, for example, is about 250,000 miles away from Earth. So in less than two seconds, you could get from Earth to the moon if you could travel the speed of light. So that's one second, 186,000 miles per second. This black hole is, okay, 
a light year, a light year is how far that light can travel in a year, in a whole year, at going 186,000 miles per second. So that's a light year. This black hole is 55 million light years away. Yeah. Don't even try. Don't even try to imagine that. 55 million light years away. And they say that it has a mass that is 6.5 billion times greater than that of our sun. So you can't even imagine how big our sun is. So that's why I say, you know, you're talking about something that's 6.5 billion times the mass. This thing is so far away, so gigantic, uh, the next time you're worrying about paying your bills or something, you might want to pause and just think about how tiny you are. What a little thing you are in the midst of all this grandness. And yet we humans are so arrogant to think that we know, we know what's going on here half the time. What's even more intriguing to me is that they say they know that there is one of these black holes right here, much closer in the middle of our own Milky Way galaxy. And you'd think that they would get a picture of it first, but um, they got this one first because it's so much bigger. So it was easier for them to accomplish, but still uh, a monumental scientific task. Some other things that you might find interesting about this, they say that black holes were predicted by Einstein's theory of relativity, although Einstein himself was skeptical that they actually existed. It'd be amazing if he were around to see something like this and to hear his thoughts on it, right? So when you're looking at this image, um, the black dot, you know, right there where it transitions from this bright, fiery light to this black dot is what they call the event horizon. And that is the gravitational boundary where it's the point of no return, they say. You make it there, you're going down the black hole. All right, You're not coming out of it. You make it there, boom, it's over with. You're going down the black hole. And so I posted an article on my Twitter account, at Joshua P. Warren, that has uh, some great illustrations. And various people have done you know different versions of illustrating this. But what, what's especially surprising is you have all this matter, which it could be anything. It doesn't matter. It's, it's about to get broken down and destroyed and turned into the most basic things. Um, you have that swirling around the outside of the drain of the plug hole. And get a load of this. They say at the event horizon, light is bent in a perfect loop around the black hole. Meaning if you stood there you would be able to see the back of your own head. But then right from the middle, from the middle of the event horizon, from the middle of the black hole, there is a jet shooting straight out into space. It's a jet of matter and radiation that extends out hundreds of thousands of light years. And that's very weird. Because the whole idea behind a black hole is like nothing can escape. But there's a jet, 
of some kind of energy coming from the center of it. What the hell is that? I'm not sure. I don't. I mean, I I don't think they know exactly what what that is. So, you know, if you just saw this picture at face value, you might say, "Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. There's a black hole." But I mean, if you know what you're looking at, I mean, this 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 raises a lot of other questions, as all good um, breakthroughs in research do. But here is what I think is the most significant thing that you should think about okay here's how this affects you and your life the most says it right here in this article from the guardian the black hole itself a cosmic trapdoor from which neither light nor matter can escape is unseeable but the latest observations take astronomers right to its threshold for the first time illuminating the event horizon beyond which all known physical laws collapse. Now that's what we've heard for a long time. But apparently now, you know, we've moved beyond theory to look, here is the if it's, it's there, look at this thing. When you make it there, all known physical laws collapse. That's like the that's that's the big, you know, cherry on this thing. That no matter what we have learned, no matter how how things seem to function, how mysterious they are. Guess what, folks? There is something out there, some place out there, where all that just goes out the window. It's all gone. Just forget about that shit. And you might think to yourself, well, yeah, but that's only out there under very, very extreme you know, conditions, 55 million light years away. Or No, no. Do you remember what I said in one of my recent podcasts where I was talking about this subject, talking about the idea of black holes, and I was telling you that we used to think they didn't exist. Now we know they do. This is something that we are now saying exists that breaks down all the physical laws, everything we know. Maybe it's not the only thing that does that, or maybe these things are so prevalent that they are not just somewhere out there, but there is something black hole-like that is interwoven with the fabric of our very existence, your body your environment, everything around you is one plane on one side of space-time and the other half of the plane is the black hole and that's why we have so much trouble figuring out where something like consciousness comes from because it's not coming from this side of the, of the mirror, it's coming from the other side of the mirror. But if we now have mainstream scientists saying, look, there is a place where everything we're telling you about becomes complete bullshit. It just it breaks down. It's meaningless. We, and, and here's a picture of it. Then that should show you how open your mind should be to the idea that if, if this is even possible under any circumstances, 
then you need to realize that there may be so many other circumstances that we just have not been able to to document yet in which the physical laws can break down to some degree. Maybe they don't break apart 100% like they supposedly do at a black hole, but maybe they break down to some extent. And that's why sometimes you're seeing reality sort of shift and flicker like a mirage as some of these very fixed structured rules are a little more liquid-like. They bend a little bit more. So this is great. This is great that you know you get to be a part of this. This is going to change the way people think. It's going to change what people acknowledge about what indeed is possible in life. So there's your black hole report. Uh, you know, again, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll be able to um, find my Twitter where you can look into it. I also want to mention something else real quick here. I'm going to be doing a lot of experiments in my new laboratory and workshop related to time, space, singularities, which is that point within a a black hole when they say things break down. I'm actually going to be doing experiments with this, believe it or not. And I just want to let you know that I was hoping I might have my laboratory up and running this year but given my my new travel schedule i don't think i'm going to be able to do that realistically um i believe that uh, you know you you know already that i'm going to be in seattle in september i'm going to be in chicago in october i have an event here in vegas in um in november I'm going to be back in Asheville soon. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, sort of all over the place here. And I'm a very ambitious guy, but I just, you know, if you're going to do something like this, especially here in Las Vegas, it's got to be, it's got to be really good because people come here with big, you know, high expectations and they don't want to be disappointed. So I don't think it's going to be possible for me to have my, laboratory ready to uh, to fling open the doors to the public this year next year is much more possible on the other hand what i will tell you is that i am still considering producing an event here that will be a follow-up to finding your magic something where you know you can attend if you came to the first one but this time you will actually be an instructor or if you're a first timer you can still you know start from the beginning and participate in what we did but also there are things that are brand new for everybody now i don't want it to be as big and bold as my vegas event was last year that was huge we did it on the strip at the mgm excalibur it was a huge thing and we had a wonderful time but now i'm thinking about making them a a smaller more intimate experience for a smaller number of people so i will keep you updated on that as things progress and proceed i know there will be a big demand because hell a lot of people listen to this podcast for one thing and not to mention the other uh, appearances that i'm fortunate to do but 
I, you know, I tap into the power of the listenership here to help me analyze certain things, video footage, pictures, and I have an update for you on the footage that Corby Waste sent me on some kind of a strange little creature flying around his backyard in California. And we were saying, could this be footage of a fairy? Now, Corby, as I mentioned, is an artist, but he also works in a scientific field. So he has great critical thinking skills. He has observed nature a lot. And um, he is, you know, the farthest thing from, uh, or the furthest thing from a dogmatic individual. I mean, he's always looking at things with a very, you know, perceptive judgment and trying to figure out what he's seeing. And so, you know, when Corby first sent this footage to me, which I posted there on my Twitter account, he said, um, it, it doesn't, it could be a dandelion seed. It doesn't look like one to me. He says it could be an insect, but I don't know what kind of insect this could be. So he did the right thing. You know, after I talked about this on the podcast, and I believe Jimmy Church mentioned something about it on his, his show, Corby went out to his backyard there and he took a dandelion and he shot footage of the seeds flying off of a dandelion and, and there, there's just no question this is a great control for that and it's not, a, it's not a dandelion seed, okay? This thing that he captured, it's not a dandelion seed. I posted it on Facebook. You can go to my, or I'm sorry, I posted it on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, just go to YouTube, and I guess if you type in just Joshua P. Warren, my channel will pop up. There are thousands of subscribers, and you get notified when I have new videos out there. So I, I posted his dandelion video, so you can see that what he captured is not a dandelion. However, however, Corby did notify me that we did get a comment from one of the people who follows my work who said, oh yeah, this is most likely a woolly aphid. And so Corby started looking into a woolly aphid. And he wrote me and he said, this guy might be right. This The, the mystery may be solved. This is the closest thing. It's still not exactly, but it's the closest thing. So what the heck is a woolly aphid? Well, I have a, a link posted for you at Joshua P. Warren um, on Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, where you can go and you can watch a video that somebody else shot and put on YouTube of a woolly aphid. A woolly aphid is scientifically called, okay, here we go, Aria Samatane. And it says, these are sucking insects that live on plant fluids and produce a filamentous, waxy, white covering which resembles cotton or wool. The adults are winged and move to new locations where they lay egg masses. The the nymphs often form large, cottony masses on twigs for protection from predators and they occur throughout the northern hemisphere when you watch the video that's been posted and you can there there's more than one but when you watch the videos that are posted on youtube of woolly aphids flying around they certainly have a fairy-like quality 
some people have nicknamed them flying mice, angel flies, fluff bugs, fairy flies, ash bugs, snow bugs, fluffer fairy, poodle fly, fluffy gnats. This may very well be what he has captured. But still, its movement seems, the one that he captured, I mean, for one thing, it seems bigger than the usual one would be. And its movement does seem to be a little less bug-like than the other ones that I've seen on YouTube, that they're just behaving like bugs that are just flying around, scouring things, whereas this one is sort of hovering around and acting a bit more unusual. So this may be the solution, that this is a woolly aphid. And uh, if so, we are happy to have all worked together here to solve the mystery. But now I would like for you to uh, give me your opinion before we say case closed on this. I want you to watch Corby's footage and then watch the footage that I posted of the woolly aphid and anything else that you want to look up online. And then give me your feedback and let me know what you think. You can always just, you can tweet to me or you can go to joshuapwarren.com, no period after the P and scroll down and you'll find my email address and you can just email me there and let me know um, what your opinion is on this and we'll have we'll we'll make a decision one way or another um, what we think this may be but the woolly aphid is looking like a, a very good candidate as the most likely solution to this footage and if that's the case Hey, it may, it may suck that maybe this isn't a fairy, but at the same time, we will know how to analyze this kind of thing in the future, right? And but on the other hand, maybe it is a fairy, and eh, fairies just resemble woolly aphids. Yeah, yeah. You, that's what I say. I just have to toss it out there, and we work together on this, and we see what happens. So I look forward to getting your feedback on that. Um, I have a lot to do today. I am doing a number of investigations next week that I'm trying to get prepared for, but I will have some pretty cool updates for you very soon. But, um, you know, I'm so happy that so many of you do listen to this program and give me great feedback. Um, I just got this email just yesterday from uh, Denise in New Zealand. Denise says, I love your podcast. Awesome stuff from New Zealand, warm regards, isn't that something that, you know, I'm telling you, people everywhere, I I sell things from my website all over the country, all over the world, okay, we just sold a bunch of uh, stuff to parts of Africa, we sell to the Middle East, we sell to Asia, I mean, it's amazing to sit down and look at the people who buy stuff, and then they come and they say, I heard about it on uh, Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I actually got a really cool uh, email from James. I'm making a note of this right now because I want to share it with you. And he told me that I could share it with you. But I'll save that for my next podcast because he bought a product from us and uh, something really weird happened to him. So if you go to (laughs) joshuapwarren.com, you'll find the curiosity shop where you can make a purchase of something that will hopefully help you change your life maybe even in ways that you never imagine 
But while you're there, click the link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short, always free, uncensored, independent. You can subscribe through various means. Or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and I'll tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.